All right. Not going to lie. I'm apologizing now, ladies. This is just going to be a, a loud sports radio show today. So you guys with me? Thumbs up. All right. I got two. I only got two thumbs up. There's a third and a fourth. Let's go. The Plank Show is on the road today. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. This is, um, this is a place. This is an exit that I've taken many times. But an area that I've, I've maybe not been as familiar with as I should be as a frequent traveler of I-35, both southbound and northbound, whether it be for football, basketball, baseball back in the day, softball now, maybe even a family trip here and there. The next time I get to go to an NASCAR race at Texas Motor Speedway, whatever it might be, Josh Helmer, I've driven by exit 55 right here in Davis, and I've seen the, the Chickasaw Welcome Center, and I've never truly understood the greatness that is located within this facility because there is a massive Bedre Fine Chocolate facility and I say facility and here's why because not only is there a store with everything chocolate that your mind could possibly imagine you name it they've got it not only do they have that but but Josh Helmer you know the old saying you never want to see how the sausage is made heard that one before in this instance you want to see how the chocolate is made because they have areas here within their, their gift shop within this facility where you can literally, and I'm going to watch it all day long, watch the chocolate as it's being made. And it's really awesome. Great if you're, if you're traveling with your kids, even if it's a, a trip down. I know what we had someone that texted in yesterday and said they're traveling down to Austin for a couple of concerts this weekend. If you got the kids with you, great place to stop or – if you just need that 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 little pick-me-up, they've got you covered here at Bedre Fine Chocolate. Exit 55. It's a Davis exit. And if you're heading southbound, it's uh, it's quick right and a quick left. You can't miss it. It says Bedre right on the side of the building as you exit. Come by, say hey. Uh, or at least, uh, if you can't make it today because we're here until noon, make it a stop on your way back or on your way out of town, or maybe just a family trip. This place is amazing. Josh, what a night for you last night. Now, first of all, let's check on your on your podcast co-host. How is John Williams doing after having to stay up way past his bedtime last night? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we might need to double check there. I, <laughs> I think he's okay. Uh, it was a later night than usual. But, uh, man, the football game was, was great. Norman North, uh, obviously – I don't know if you know how this unfolded. You probably saw the final score. I saw the final score, and I listened to a little bit while I could last night. I was – I'm not going to lie. I was kind of all in on uh, everyone and their and their grandstanding after the Tua injury last night. Yeah, man, that was uh, – boy, that was, that was a scary. bad – that was a bad look there. But Norman North built up a 50-21 to lead in that game last night and then surrendered it, surrendered all of it. And the game goes to overtime. It's tied up 50 apiece. At that point, you know, it kind of sneaks into your mind, can they win this thing in overtime after giving up 29 straight points? 
And sure enough, they do. They, they score the, the first touchdown, get a stop on fourth down, and Norman North won it last night over Broken Arrow. 57-50 to in a game that was just insanity. I mean, both teams recovered an onside kick in this game. There were turnovers at odd times. It was a strange game. Wait. Both teams recovered an onside kick in the Norman North BA game last night? They did, though Norman North was more of a – Let's let's pooch it up into the air, and then they just went and tracked it down, and were first to the football. So, it, it, yeah, it was unusual, huh? I don't know if I've. I don't. We'll have to check the record books, Josh Helmer. I don't even know the last time I heard of a game where you had an onside kick recovered by both teams because it's very rare in a game where both teams either, as you mentioned, through a pooch kick or even need. An onside kick. How about that? Great call, by the way. If you haven't heard it yet, um, I meant to retweet it this morning, but I've been a social media fool so far this AM. Josh, great call. You sounded amazing on the uh, final play of the game. Uh, and it, and if you're in the, 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 the 918 this morning, obviously for Broken Arrow fans, it's a little bit frustrating. If you're down here in the in the Norman, Norman North area, you're on cloud nine because that is a massive win for the Timberwolves. Great job last night. I know we're not going to spend a ton of time talking high school football because eventually, you know me, it becomes about Washington going on the road tonight. My man Cole Scott looking to continue to grind, watching those linemen work. Uh, they got C- C- CCS, CSS? Anyway, they've got a big one against the, 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 the private school boys. It's a big matchup, but I love um, I love CCS. That's where DJ went. That's where Patrick Dunn went. It's a great school, um, and my man Hank has a kid that goes there. So it's gonna Hank Bradley. It's gonna be a fun night tonight for uh, for my Warriors. But see, look, I'm already getting too carried away because this is all about you and the great job you did last night. And one of the benefits of checking out uh, NormanSports.tv or or listening to high school coverage. Uh, here locally on the ref, 1499.3 FM and krefsports.tv. Josh, that was awesome last night. Well, thank you very much. And I would just say we've got a busy slate tonight, the full <laughs> slate of football, krefsports.tv. So you, you're calling another game tonight? I'm off to Enid later tonight wow. for more and Enid. What? How'd you end up pulling that gig? Well, you know, the people know. have conflicts and huh. – you know, magically can't do okay. games sometimes. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so let's get after it. Now, what, what has kind of typified this show during football season is we we hit a few of the things outside of Mondays. Mondays, all OU reaction, 9 a to noon, right? I mean, literally, we, we, we pop the mics on at 9 a.m. on Monday morning, and I'm live from OU getting ready for the coaches show, and we go nonstop Sooners for three hours. Most of the days, right, we hit, we hit a couple of other topics here off the top and maybe dive back in. And I do think at some point this morning, maybe, you know, in the, in the 10 o'clock hour, Josh, maybe, maybe even later, maybe more than once, we, we have an, an incredible Big 12 slate. Because I don't know if I've ever been more perplexed about what's going to happen this weekend in this conference than I am this weekend. It is it, – it's hard to figure out. But let's go ahead and let's – I know you were calling the high school game last night, and then I know you and John were doing Locked On Sooners late into the night. It was a great show, by the way. I was listening to it on my drive down. What do we make of how that played out with Tua last night? 
And if you aren't aware, there had been a lot of rumors and innuendos, some not so much clandestine in their opinion, that Tua Tungvaloa had no business playing last night, right? Miami, I don't want to say to their defense, but the Miami Dolphins and their doctors and everyone involved had claimed that he had battled a back injury. When if you look back, Josh, and you watch the hit he took against Buffalo and how he landed, I think it's easy to to derive from that 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 wasn't a back injury, right? I mean, and again, I'm, we're not medical experts. Everyone suddenly becomes one on Twitter. There's one neurosurgeon that everyone's been talking. And, and again, I'm not I'm not dogging. I'm just being saying, hey, this is who everyone's kind of flocking to, and. And he was very outspoken about it's ridiculous that Tua was even playing tonight. Now, all I can do is take the Dolphins at their word that it was a back injury, and Mike McDaniels looked pretty shook in his post-game presser last night. Uh, the there, There's so many different angles to this beyond just should he have played, um, the, the incessant need to replay it, and then everyone outraged by the amount of replays of it, and then <laughs> – as I watched SportsCenter late into the night last night, they're incessantly replaying it in this term that I learned last night called fencing, where when you have a, a situation that, that arrives from a neurological issue that you have the, the – I don't know if the term would be paralysis, but the fingers did what they did for Tua Tungvaloa. It was a scary moment. I mean, let's just – it's a physical game. It's a brutal game. But it's also one of those moments that it really reminds you, holy smokes, man, this is, this is a scary game. Um, played by large men who are in peak physical condition, running as fast as they can into each other. So I tell you, man, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wild situation. It's a concerning one. But it also gets back to one of my benchmark takes. Everyone wants to act like they care about concussions and guys playing with concussions, and they don't really do anything about it or care until someone gets hurt. Then all of a sudden they grandstand for about 24 hours, and then it becomes the rest of the games. So, you know, the NFL wants to act like they care about concussions. Teams want to act like they care about concussions. But then we're also in the same boat to where – if someone sits out with concussion-like symptoms, there's always a person that's like, well, I don't, I don't really, that seems kind of soft to me, right? There's always someone that questions it. Or you hear something along the lines of, man, it really means a lot to his teammates that he went out there and grinded it out. <laughs> I'm sure it does, but that is just, I don't know the best way to put it. I don't know the best way to put it, Josh, but it's also, you know, it's part of the problem. Right, you're you're saluted more for grinding through something, and then you're ridiculed if you do take that time to rest and make sure you're okay. I mean, listen, I know it's not concussion related, but if you listen, if you listen to any of these national shows, you listen. I listen to John Middlecoff a lot. I, I can't when the Raiders lose because it's like celebration time for him. But people are still like, man, Kyler Murray, why is he sitting out games last year? You know, it's just. You're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. So, anyway, long meandering, long way to tell you there's no new update tonight, uh, this morning. From what I understood, Josh, he even flew back with the team last night. But Bengals still won the game, and they covered. But it was a scary moment last night with Tua. And, I mean, I don't know. If he plays again next week, then I'm 
I'm kind of done with anyone taking concussion protocol seriously. Yeah, and, and I hear what you're saying right there. It, uh, you know, I, I don't know enough about how the the Bills game and the aftermath there. I don't know enough about how all of that played Absolutely. out to, to really speak yep. on it. Preach. Uh, you know, to to speak on it, you know, smartly here. But that doesn't stop anyone on Twitter, Josh. So does, don't let it stop you. I, I know it, it doesn't look like it does it. <laughs> it obviously was an incredibly scary scene last night. And if Miami, in any way, shape, or form, covered up that he was concussed coming out of last week's game, going into this one, then I think not only should there be stiff punishments for the Miami organization, man, the, the National Football League at some point has to take a long, hard look at itself in the way that it polices these types of situations. And I agree with some of the people out there, if that's the case, and I don't know that to be the case because, again, I don't have – I'm not privy to the medical situation, and I, quite frank, quite frankly, don't know how a lot of this week played out down in Miami. Yeah. But if that's the case, then, man, the, the National Football League, you got to step in in future situations like this. There's no reason, if that's the case, that Tua Tungavailoa, in this game, look, I get it. I mean, everybody wants to win. You, you want to win every single game. But week four is not altogether that important for the Miami Dolphins and for Tua Tungavailoa. And it shouldn't be for any player. But when you're talking about somebody in Tua with this Dolphins team that potentially is a future star of this league, that was just bad business potentially last night for the, the National Football League. Bad business. And then here's the other thing. Um, I, I guess this is probably me spending way too much time on social media. But when the when the, auto, the the first thing on Twitter is, why aren't they talking about the Bills? Why aren't they talking about what happened with the Bills? It's like, li- literally. Literally. I mean, it's, it's the shock of that moment that they're reacting to. And I thought, you know, by the time everyone kind of got their, their feet under them, you know, from that moment, I thought they did a pretty good job in the second half of talking about it quite extensively with Alan Kirk, and which, by the way, I think is a fantastic booth. I do not understand any hate. I think that is a fantastic booth, um, and Kirk does a great job simplifying things for simpletons like me. So I, I'm never, you know, even, and I get it. There's people that want everything the NFL does is going to be wrong. Right, but yet you'll spend your whole day Sunday watching it. Um, I thought they did a good job in kind of laying out the the issues leading into it. So, Bengals win the game. The storyline is the injury to Tua. We'll continue to monitor this morning if there's any updates. I, you know, Ian Rappaport had an update this morning that you know he's they're, they're still monitoring him and, and making sure that things are going to be okay. But man, if uh, if he ends up playing again next week, that is. Oh, boy, that's something. And it's funny because you know what the response, well, just gutting it out, gritting it out. <laughs> and how about that? I don't – you're right on the Buffalo thing. And, listen, I, we're do a break, and we'll take it here quick, then we're going to get all over it with all the Sooner stuff. Um, but it's always interesting to me because right away we're all like, well, we know that wasn't a back injury. That was a concussion. I mean, listen – it's not Dr. Nick from the Simpsons over there on the sideline for the Dolphins, right? And I don't know, but Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good until he threw that last interception. So, I mean, I don't think they're making stuff up to, to get to a back in the game. So, I, I mean, I just I'll, 
I'm like you, Josh. I just don't have enough information on that to where I could sit here and go, how dare they? But it is, it is a very, very solid reminder of just how brutal this game can be. And that was – and listen, I'm part of the problem too, right? I'm sitting there, my, my family comes, so I'm like, oh, you guys got to watch this. And literally halfway through my life, my life's like, I can't watch that. That's terrible. So no structural damage is the report this morning on Tua, um, which, by the way, is a really strange way to describe a brain injury. Jeremy Fowler said Tua Tungavaloa was at home and in good spirits after being stretched off last night. Following the scary incident, Tungavaloa was taken to a local hospital but did fly home with the team. There's serious questions about whether he suffered a brain injury as well in week three. And I'm sorry. Listen, man, this is – I'm not trying to minimize a ligament tear. I'm not trying to minimize a shoulder injury. But when we're talking about your noggin, we're talking about your brain. I mean, that is – that's scary. All right, um, let's do – let's break. When we come back, we're all in on Oklahoma TCU. Now, we've got all-day coverage for your trip down to Fort Worth, including us, the Plank Show, here off exit 55, uh, heading south or north on I-35. I mean, literally right off the exit. It's at Bedre Chocolate, and it is Bedre Fine Chocolate. It's awesome. This place is great. Uh, right here in the Chickasaw Welcome Center. Um, they've got all kinds of cool stuff. they got a little playground, so if your kids are driving you crazy, if you're driving from Tulsa, it's like, I need to stop. If you're driving from Norman, I need to stop. They got a playground out here. It is awesome. We'll be here until noon. Uh, Trav and the crew are not only on the on the road today, but they've got post game coverage for you too at Reservoir Bar, Patio, and Kitchen for post game tomorrow. That's located in the West Seventh District in Fort Worth. So we're just getting started. We're all in on OU TCU. We've got Lee Sterling coming up in just a bit. Our elite roofing system, who's on top, our picks. It's a busy Friday right here on The Rep. Did you just ignore me that whole break and all the, the, the praise I was heaping on you? I went to go get a coffee, and nice. I was talking shop with TJ about a couple of things during that break. Ah. So I, I'll be honest, I didn't hear any. I didn't hear well, any of it. I'm, I'm consistently heaping praise on you for the job you did last night, man. You sounded fantastic. I was like, uh, I was on cloud nine of pride for you last night. Well done. Well <laughs> Thanks, done. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate the kind words. But you're not going to be like, told you, Al Michaels move over. <laughs> you take that, Toby that's, Rowland. That's right. Yeah, it's over, guys. It's <laughs> so, over. Uh, j- just to clarify, which if you missed it last night, Josh had a, a a late night. What time did you guys get done? I'd say probably ten thirty, something like that. Okay. Um, oh, that's okay. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. In the pantheon of late nights for us, that's okay, acceptable. Yeah. And then, what time did you get done taping? Locked, locked on Sooners. Right, at, like right after midnight. Poor John. That's really up late for him. Is he doing okay? Have we checked on him yet? <laughs> he said he fell asleep before we started taping, and his wife <laughs> said, are you going to be able to make it? And he said, I, I think so. Hey, you know what you should tell him in the future? In the future, say, Plank is always up until at least 2 a.m. on Thursday nights. So if you want to crash, we, you and I will just do Locked On sooner. So, John, John's got uh, – he's busy man. Right, he's got real world responsibilities. I, on the other hand, get to skip out of town on on Fridays. So, 
Maybe maybe we can help him out in the future. But no, a great job last night, Josh, on the the Norman North call. In the meantime, we are right off exit fifty five in Davis, Bedre Fine Chocolate. It's here in the Chickasaw Welcome Center. Uh, it's a great place. Um, if you're heading for Tulsa, it's kind of a, a nice little midway. Uh, I think between here and Fort Worth, if you're if you're heading from Norman, it's probably the about an hour into your trip, right? Maybe about an hour and a half from Oklahoma City. So uh, swing by, uh, grab that Oklahoma Sooner chocolate bars. They've got for when you get to your hotel or, or back home. They've got uh, coffee. They've got gift baskets. You name it, they've got it here. Bedre Fine Chocolate off Exit 55 in Davis. All right. Um, has your opinion? Your feeling on Saturday changed much based on the previews, the work, the people we've talked to this week, based on the the evidence we have from Saturday night and the frustrating loss to to Kansas State in preparing for TCU, in talking about the Horn Frogs, in more specifically talking about the areas where Oklahoma needs to improve, Josh, has has the process has the mindset changed much about what you expect from this team on Saturday? I don't think so, generally speaking. If you had asked me before the season, TCU was one of the road dates that sort of I had earmarked as a potential, oh, this could be the spot where Oklahoma loses on the road. Um, I would say that TCU is maybe a little bit, at least coming into the game, is getting billed as better offensively than I would have suspected so, you know, and I don't know if coming out of last week's Kansas State loss, I'm totally shook to where all of a sudden I'm, I'm thinking I'm picking TCU in this game. So I think just surface level, I always thought this would, was going to be a challenging game for Oklahoma. And now that it's arrived because of the events that have transpired before it, yeah, looks like it's going to be a challenging road game. I, I'm still sitting here. At 9.30 on a Friday, I don't know what to expect from TCU. And I'm, I'm sorry that that theme hasn't changed much for me. You know, I, I just – I don't know. I think they're a, a good football team. I don't think they're elite. Um, I think they're the kind of team that gives you problems. But in the end, you know, I, I think it's a team that you should pull away from and, and beat. This is, you know, it's kind of wild because I guess this didn't really register with me because, I, I mean, I just, I hadn't thought about the history. Usually, I think in, in, in my mindset, Josh, I sometimes dwell on the negatives whenever it comes to a series history than I do the positives. Like, you realize the last time Oklahoma lost to TCU was 2014, and uh, Prior to that 2014 Katy Perry loss, which I, I still – I mean, Jeffrey Meade caught a Hail Mary out of bounds. I mean, how do you – my mind is still blown from that moment to end the game. But prior, prior to that, Oklahoma hadn't lost to TCU since it was a non-conference game in 2005, right? So – in the history of the Big 12, this has been a one-sided series. Oklahoma has dominated. But I feel like, you know, we remember, A, the loss, and B, that following season, the, 
the scary two-point conversion at the end, right, whenever Stephen Parker batted it down and Oklahoma went on to, to make an appearance in the playoffs. But, I mean, 52-46, you know, there have been close games, 28-24. But for the most part, it's 33 52-27, 41-17, 38-20. I mean, Oklahoma has won eight straight in this series. They have played really well in Fort Worth, especially in the Big 12 era. I mean, I don't know. It's just I feel like in my mind I'm always talking, man, the history of this series, it's always tight, it's always close. But even go back, I mean, the long-term history in this series, the Sooners have pretty much dominated TCU. I mean, it, I mean, you have to go back to 19, what, um, here I got my sheet. You got to go back to like 1954 to find whenever <laughs> TCU even had more than a than a, 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 a well I'm, I guess they had a yeah 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 you got to go back to f- 1954 to see when they even kind of had a little bit of success against the Sooners right a 47 they I mean again it doesn't matter for this game but I always look at this series and and at this game as a very challenging game but. Dude, Oklahoma has usually handled their business against TCU, and I feel like I'll hold, like, one performance back in 14 against him. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I hadn't really thought about it like that. And, you know, a- another one of the games that always comes to mind for me is actually that 2013 game <laughs> in, in Norman against them where, yeah. remember, Brennan Clay late had the big run to, to flip it around, but it looked like maybe OU was going to lose that game uh, for a large portion of it. In Norman. So, for whatever reason, from, say, 2012 to 2016, these games against TCU were always close, and you lost the one in in 2014, obviously, down in Fort Worth. But then, largely from 2017 up until present, save for that game in 19, the games haven't been close versus TCU. And yet, because of how things were when TCU, the, the loss in 05, and then you know, just what this series was like when TCU first joined the Big 12. I guess I kind of every week sort of have that in my mind I hear when you. you play TCU, and yet really the, the recent history does not reflect that. But again, back to the point here on the, the ref, live from Pedre Chocolate and Davis off exit 55. None, none of those things matter. It's just for me kind of – coming to grips with how many times have we gone into a TCU game where I say what are we worried about what are we what are we concerned about what are we what are we most intrigued by when it comes to TCU right because in years past it would be man they're coming in with a Gary Patterson stellar defense Joe Gillespie's a really good defense Joe Gillespie excuse me is a very good defensive coordinator. And I dug a little bit more on Zayvon Collins and, you know, a lot – because he was a linebacker's coach before he took over as the D.C. And a lot of people give him a ton of credit in the development of Zayvon Collins, and understandably so, the first-round pick uh, out of Tulsa who's who's playing with Arizona now. So, I mean, he's a good developer, but it's just – I don't look at this defense – and see like that Gary Patterson defense. It's weird because now I look at an offense, which is still all the guys that Patterson recruited, and I see an offense that scares me a hell of a lot more than their defense. So I, I don't know what to make of TCU. But when we come back, I'll, 
I'll share a little bit of what Sonny Dyke said about his team, and we'll get you ready for uh, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, who's coming up to pick a few games. But as always, hit me up on Twitter. That's at Plank Show. Josh is at Josh on Ref, and everybody should be following us at KRF Sports. When we come back, uh, let's hit the early Air Comfort Solutions text line. Right? Where do you guys? Where do you guys feel that this Oklahoma? All right, let me rephrase that. Let me pose to you the question that I posed to Josh. Through all of our shows, hearing Teddy every day, uh, hearing Trav and Trav talk about it, hearing um, – did I just say Trevor? I'm sorry, Travis and Tyler. I like Trevor. Travis and Tyler talk about it. Um, we got a lot of T's on the station, TJ and Toby, and obviously Steelman and Parker. Has there been anything that's kind of changed about how you feel about Saturday? And, you know, has – like for my guy Kendall, who's always mad. Well, I shouldn't say that, Kendall. You're not always mad. But just in season, he's upset. In season, right? <laughs> Off season, OU's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but I don't, I don't really know, Josh, how much for me has changed in how I feel about Saturday. I still feel the same way today that I did on Monday. Um, I'm intrigued by what we're going to get from TCU but I'm confident Oklahoma is going to go out and play better on both sides of the ball. What say you? 405-651-3439, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Plus, if you want to jump in here on the, uh, on the jackpot line, River One Casino, call in line 405-329-9000. Plank shows on the road. Hit me up, exit 55 in Davis right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. This place is uh, really cool. Really cool. Um, we're in Vendrick, fine chocolate, right off exit 55 in Davis. Come say hey. Uh, get you some chocolate for the road trip. Pedre, fine chocolate. And uh, someone had already checked in off the Air Comfort Solutions text line and said that um, I, I need to make sure to try the chocolate-covered Pringles because I'll tell you what. We, we had those a while back. Uh, have you ever had chocolate-covered Pringles, Josh? I have, and they're amazing. You know, sometimes you hear things and you just don't know how the combination is going to work. But, yeah, I think it worked out okay. All right, um, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. We try to hit it at the bottom of the hour. Um, did we come to a, a, a group think effort on this? Lee Sterling coming up after the break. Do, do we? Has our opinion changed on this game? Are you more worried, less worried? You know, are you more concerned, less concerned as this week has progressed about how Saturday plays out for the Sooners, Josh? You know, again, I think I'm about the same. And maybe that's crazy. Probably I should be more worried. But last week just – I don't know that it has me in total desperation mode yet. If they lose this week, I'll be in complete panic mode for Red River. (laughs) I mean, I'll put it to you like that. But I'm not there yet. And I always thought this was going to be a challenging game. So the fact that they lost last week and looked poor defensively in doing so doesn't have me going into this week suddenly thinking, oh, man, I thought this was going to be a cakewalk, and here we go. Right, right. I I will say I have probably consumed more think pieces in a long time than I have. (laughs) I've probably listened to 
maybe a, a few different podcasts than I usually do too. And, you know, I don't I, – and I guess this has kind of been my thought throughout. I don't see a kryptonite. I don't see a fatal flaw. I don't see a poison pill. You know, it's going to be a process throughout this season. Um, I'm not – you know, we, we're not here to throw hands with people that want to say, why isn't this guy playing? You know, you start getting to the fifth, sixth, and seventh games of the season, right? And this is where you might start seeing some of those younger dudes who have had a few more weeks, maybe a little bit of game time. If you're someone that is pounding the table for Canick or or pounding the table for Nick Anderson or Javante Barnes or – you know, maybe more Gibson, Jane Gibson, then maybe maybe this is that week, right? Because, you know, you're at that, let's see, three plus one is four, it comes to 12. You've just passed the, you're, you're a third of the way through the season. So, you know, if, I would just say, I think if you're not seeing some of these dudes that you think are magic fixes here, you're probably not going to see them. And I'm also, I, I know, and, and this is, a constant take. And I'm, I'm the same way, guys. How much worse could X player do than Y player is doing? Right? That, isn't that what you hear a lot, Josh? Well, it can't be much worse. Well, maybe it could. <laughs> right? I mean, it just it's, – it's bad. But, yeah, maybe it could. So, again, I've said this since I started doing radio in 1999. When Bob Stoops was the head coach at Oklahoma, and I, I think Bob Simmons and Les Miles had their runs at Oklahoma State, and Dave Rader was at Tulsa to Steve Cragthorpe. I mean, I just I, – I don't think coaches put their worst players out there on the field. I know it's shocking. I know this is amazing to some of you when you see it, but I don't think coaches intentionally or purposefully put a guy out on the field, Josh, that they think is going to hurt him. They put a guy on the field that they think is going to help win games and has proven it in practice. Yeah, and maybe sometimes coaches get a little bit tentative to because they've seen one guy be better in practice. It's well, he's obviously he's got to perform better in a game, right? And sometimes, sometimes I think that's not the case that certain guys, for whatever reason, don't always practice great and other guys practice better and then the lights come on and maybe it's vice versa and that as a coach I can understand if I was a coach I'm not gonna probably be inclined it's like well I've seen this guy stink every day in practice and I've seen the other guy play great I can understand where you'd probably be inclined to play the guy that practices better than the other guy so that probably deters you right at times from yeah exactly from playing somebody else Realtor Chris has checked in, 405-651-3439. I haven't read any of these yet, have I? I just want to make sure. I'm losing my mind. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. You're yeah. talking to somebody else who has their mind is putty as well. Okay, go okay. ahead. Sounds good. Been working through the five stages of grief this week. I want to thank the ref and Toby Scene Setter for getting me through the fifth stage. Acceptance. Let's go. Uh, for the 918, all you need to show last week was the anomaly for the defense and not a regression to old habits. Um, I can't figure out this Oklahoma team either, guys. Even more so than I can figure out TCU's team. Oklahoma is obviously the more all-around talented team. But through three games, I don't really think we've seen what TCU is fully capable of playbook-wise either. That's from Shane the Train in Newcastle. It's a fair point. 
And, you know, TC was going up against SMU last week. Didn't have to show too much. It's going to be fascinating to see how this thing plays out at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. All right, more. Keep the text rolling, and this is good stuff. 405-651-3439. You want to jump in on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. We're guested up for the next two segments. So when we come back, our man from ParamountSports.com, Lee Sterling, picking the games right here on the Home of Sooner. All right, let's pick some games, shall we? We're live at Bedre Chocolate off exit 55. Bedre Fine Chocolate here in the Chickasaw, uh, Chickasaw Welcome Center. We got Lee Sterling coming up here in mere moments to get his picks in the game. Lee's always good, man. And uh, I know, I know every now and then he gets you guys a little bit fired up. Understandable. Um, But we're going to look through four Big 12 games. Now, here's what's fascinating to me this weekend. You know, we spent most of the week, right, and I I can hear my old boss. All you keep saying is you don't know how this is going to play out. You need to tell him how it's going to play out. I'm like, well – I don't want to sound like a moron whenever I just – I don't know. I mean, I think it's – I have a feeling that this team's going to win, but here's five things that are working against him. Yeah, well, forget those. It was only – he was a very short-lived boss. But I don't really know if I feel confident about any of these games right now in the Big 12. So when we don't, we turn to the experts. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. All right, Lee, before we rifle yep. through these games, Locktober, tell everyone about it. Well, uh, we don't call it October here at Paramount Sports. Through October 31st, we call it Locktober. You get every game for five weeks for 347 They use coupon nice. code SAVE50. Went 9-2 and two last week, 8-3 and three and 6-3 and three the two weeks before. So love to have them come aboard. Check out all the specials and check out all the all the other videos. Got some videos on some other big games going on across the country in college football and the NFL. Check out the website ParamountSports.com. Yeah, we're uh, we're diving into the game, so let's do Texas, yep. West Virginia. Let's go. A little bit of a, a, a maybe bigger number than I thought. What do you think? Yep, I agree. A uh, couple things I've noticed with West Virginia the last couple weeks. Neil Brown has scaled back the playbook. And quarterback J.T. Daniels, because of that, looks much more comfortable. Uh, that overtime loss West Virginia had to Kansas doesn't look so bad anymore. They ran Virginia Tech off the field last week and got a couple extra days to prepare here. Horns gave Tech quarterback Donovan Smith way too much time to throw the ball last week. Arch Manning can't get to Austin soon enough. Texas wins 31-27, but West Virginia covers a very inflated number. Big game in the the conference race, you would think. Baylor favored by a couple over Oklahoma State. How do you see it, Lee? So, I I think Baylor followed the blueprint perfectly last week. They opened up the playbook. They were aggressive. They even ran a quick trick play where the receiver was sitting in the end zone for about 15 seconds waiting for the ball. And they continue to do that. I think that they're going to be a tough out. Oklahoma State, I think, is still a little overrated here. And uh, even though the offense looks good, they haven't played anyone here. And, and Baylor here uh, has made Spencer Sanders look bad. Seven interceptions in the two games last year. Unless he throws one or has a clean game, I think it's Baylor's game to win 27-20. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Iowa State a road favorite against a yeah. 4-0 Kansas team. What do you make? Outside of a couple receivers, I, I don't think Iowa State's real explosive this year. 
Um, had two late garbage touchdowns in that loss to Baylor here. I think they're mediocre at best here, and I think they're a year or two away. They're building. But Kansas, number eight, running attack, number seven, passing attack. They don't get stopped at the one-yard line the first drive last week. I think they win the the game easier. Also, a couple questionable calls against them. And Iowa State, not good on the road. One and four against the spread last five road game. I think the Kansas run ends, but not this weekend. Wrong team favored. Kansas, 35-30. Oklahoma, six-point favorite over TCU on the road. How do you see it? It's going to be a tight game. I I mean, TCU is much improved. Uh, You know, it looks like the blueprint to beat Oklahoma is – Limit the down and distance. You don't want to put yourself in third and eight or longer. Uh, if you do, Oklahoma State, uh, you know, and some of these teams coming up down the road will will have some success against Oklahoma. But I think TCU's running attack is much improved. Sonny Dykes, how good is he done here in the first four games of the season? Thirteen and two, the first four games while at SMU and TCU. Looks like Max Dugan picking up the offense here. Um, they're going to try to follow the blueprint of last week. I think Oklahoma rebounds and wins 38-35, but I'll take the six-and-a-half points in TCU. Much improved team. Lee, I've got 30 seconds. Tell yep. us how you can get the game of the week, K-State, Texas Tech. Yep. Uh, big game here. They want to get it. Uh, just call 800-400-9741. I think I've got the right side. 800-400-9741. Should be a fun weekend. Everyone stay safe and uh, check out the website, ParamountSports.com. Thanks, Lee. Great way to wrap up Thanks, our Chris. number one on the road with Oklahoma Sooner football. Heading down to Fort Worth for OUTCU tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. We'll tell you more about Bedre Fine Chocolate and what's going on here in the Chickasaw Welcome Center. When we come back, come by, say hey, swing by. I didn't, I brought, um, I didn't bring any koozies. What am I thinking here, Josh? What am I thinking? Take a break. It's Plank Show on the road on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hey, hey, hey.